0: Please feel free to take a seat. Greet someone next to you on your way down, though. Say hello. I love the sound of joyful meetings, don't you? I love that sound. We are so glad that you are here to join us this evening. Thank you for coming. Um, my name is Amy Davis-Habella, and Kelvin Walker and I run the chapels for Tuesday evenings, and we're really, really glad you're here. So without further ado, I do want to invite someone who is no stranger to you, Dean Ron Walborn, to speak to us this afternoon. All right. Well, happy spring semester. Uh, you've all started. You all get your syllabi. Um, by the way, I, I, I didn't know you guys wanted dancers. <laughs> i have a dance anointing no, well that's a true story so years ago uh when i was a young pastor we took our people to this uh worship festival and so on the last night the streamers came out and the banners came out you ever been to one of those and so i'm like yeah i'm gonna dance so i left the seat and i started dancing and it was good i was anointed until afterwards this woman in my church she came up to me and she goes, You know, Pastor Ron, you reminded me of an Old Testament passage when you were dancing. And now I'm thinking oh great this woman's picturing me, and my linen ephod. But I asked her, I said, What passage is that? And she said, I think it's in Malachi 3 where it says, You shall leap like young calves released from the stall. I said, So let me get this straight. I remind you of a cow. She goes, A young cow? So. Anyhow, I won't be joining the dance. <laughs> All right, would you stand with me? I want you to read scripture with me. We're going to read Isaiah 53 in preparation for uh, the Lord's Supper tonight. And, uh, so let's begin with verse 1. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, Yet it was the Lord's Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer.
1: Though the Lord makes
0: his life an offering for sin, he will will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life of the debt, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Okay, well, this is uh, Isaiah 53, you may be seated. Um, and the motif of the suffering servant is found throughout Isaiah. And It's quickly applied to Jesus and rightfully so for indeed it prophesies the Christ But it's not just talking about Jesus because the truth is uh, The path of every servant is the suffering servant Mm -hmm. and Jesus himself said um, if they persecuted me They're gonna persecute you and so the reality is if you're signing up for ministry you're signing up for wounding Mm -hmm. You're signing up for the life of a suffering servant now In 1987, when I was just beginning ministry, uh, God did a work in my life. I was excited. One, that I wanted to go plant a church. I mean, I had just discovered the gifts and healing. And so I called up every district superintendent in the Christian Missionary Alliance, literally. Okay, just imagine a young, crazy Ron calling up these bishops of these areas, like Kelvin Walker's, only not as cool as Kelvin Walker. And I called him up and I said, Hi, I'm Ron Walborn and I want to come to your district and I want to plant a church where we heal the sick and cast out demons and maybe even raise the dead. Uh, can I come? And most of them were polite in their refusals. Okay, And I, I was probably sounding pretty crazy. So, But most of them were fairly nice. No, that's we're really not looking for anybody right now. But there was one guy who was really mean. And he said, look, young man, I don't know who you are, but you will never plant a church in this district. And he, and he heard my name, and he said, was your dad Grant Walborn? I go, yeah, that's my dad. And he goes, your dad would be ashamed of you. I knew your dad. I can't believe you're so crazy. You know, he, he was really harsh. This one DS was really pretty mean. He needed a second dip. <laughs> so that, that was 1987 so I, I actually I ended up in Central uh, Pacific District and I found out the only reason was the DS there was deaf and he didn't hear what I said he just started church planting and I said sure, come on um, so now fast forward 20 years, it's 2007 I'm now teaching at NIAC and I get an invitation to go to this district where this former DS who had been mean to me had been, now he's no longer there but get this, his district asked me to come back and do a conference on healing and power evangelism. And so I flew into this district and I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I'm coming to your district. You were trying to keep me out and it didn't work. You know, I'm having this carnal moment. And actually, that night before the conference began, I'm sitting there kind of relaxing and saying, Oh God, you've got a wonderful sense of humor. I'm so glad you brought me here. Uh, I wish this guy was still here. I, I'm saying this kind of stuff preparing to preach and all of a sudden the Lord speaks to me and says "Uh, Ron healing flows out of my wounds what flows out of yours and I realized in that moment that while healing flows out of the wounds of Jesus what flows out of mine is revenge and bitterness and anger and um, and friends I realized in that moment I needed some help because the wounds of Jesus that we just read read about are wounds that come from a life of ministry. And if you are signing up for a life of ministry, you are signing up for wounding. The only question is what's going to flow from those wounds. And so as we prepare for communion tonight, I want to uh, go to this passage in Isaiah 53. And I want to give you five principles that I think will help us make sure that healing flows from our wounds. See, listen, there's no such thing as an unwounded healer. There's only wounded healers. And so the reality is, we don't have a choice about whether we're going to be wounded or not. We just have a choice as to what it's going to produce. So uh, look with me at this passage. The first thing I see in this passage is that if we're going to make sure healing flows from our wounds, we've got to be honest about our wounds. Now, I want you to notice the raw honesty of the suffering servant. It says in this text, He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty Or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him him not. So I don't know if you ever noticed it, but Jesus refuses to hide his wounds. He refuses to put a good face on it. In fact, his wounds were prophesied hundreds of years before he got them. And they're inspired by the Holy Spirit for all to see. And it's not just his physical wounds. I mean, these are emotional wounds. These are wounds of rejection. These are wounds of loneliness. These are wounds that went deep into his soul, and yet he's honest about it. And friends, I think the first step in real healing is getting honest. Sometimes I feel like those of us in ministry think it's an act of sanctification to pretend we're not hurt. And so we hide it, and we bury it, and the reality is... uh, the author Brad- John Bradshaw put it this way you are only as sick as the secrets you keep and the first step in healing is to know that the Lord desires truth in your innermost parts and truth is necessary for real healing to flow second thing is we've got to learn to grieve our losses if you notice in this text uh, Jesus carried our sorrows he grieved on our behalf he took up our infirmities he carried our sorrows He was pierced for our transgressions. And so even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was crying out, he was crying out because he was carrying the weight of your sins and mine. Jesus knew how to grieve. Now, hear me. Grieving is essential when you get wounded. Because if you don't grieve, you will not be able to forgive. I think sometimes we forgive too quickly because we haven't adequately grieved what's happened. And we'll do this more if you come to my class we're going to talk about grieving but to grieve or to mourn means to express sorrow it means you got to get out in the open before god what has happened to you and and so getting honest and honestly grieving i think is the result uh, of what's happening here to bring healing to flow from our wounds well the third thing is we've got to learn to submit to the father's will so we get honest we grieve And then, then, and only then, we can learn to submit. It says in verse 10, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Now, I have good news for you. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Uh (laughs) But it's not always going to be easy. And there will be seasons where he crushes you. And if you are honest about it, and if you grieve it well, then you will be able to get to the place where you say like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And Jesus got to the place where he said, Lord, if there's any way, Father, if you can take this cup from me, take it. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And it, it, see, listen, uh, I, I, have, I sold my glasses this today. Uh, I have some good news and some bad news for you. The good news is, uh, the bad news is nobody gets the ministry they want. The good news is nobody gets the ministry they want. <laughs> because the reality is um, God has a plan for you. And it is far more glorious than what you had ever anticipated. But it is also far more painful than what you'd ever anticipated. And if we don't learn to be honest and we don't, don't learn to grieve, then the result is it's going to be very hard to submit to the Father's will. And healing will not flow from our wounds, but bitterness will flow from our wounds. Well... There's a fourth thing I see in this passage, and that's we've got to learn to forgive our wounders before they ask. It says in verse 11, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. He will bear their iniquities. And we know from Luke 23, he forgave them before they asked. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Now, most of the people that wound you in ministry will never ask for forgiveness. Uh, you need to realize that right now. Forgive them anyway. Most of them will never even acknowledge they've done anything wrong. But the truth is you're not forgiving them for them. Primarily you're forgiving them for you. Because when you forgive, you forget, You set yourself free as well as that. And so we've got to learn that one of the biggest footholds for demonic activity in our life is hanging on to unforgiveness. And so the fourth thing we see the suffering servant do is he forgives, even before the wounders ask. Well, number five, the fifth thing we see in this passage is this. We've got to keep our eyes on what is to come and not what's been done to us. Okay, If you notice uh, what it says here, the forward-looking vision of the suffering servant, it says, He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. He will bear their iniquities. So, Jesus had to know in part, but both by this prophecy and what we're told in the New Testament, uh, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So there was something about his understanding the prophetic that was looking forward to what was to come and not just focused on what was happening to him. Uh, another hint at this is, you know, he quotes the, the 22nd Psalm, My God, my God, why have, hast thou forsaken me on the cross? But how many of you know, in that era, you would often quote the beginning, but he also knew the end. And the end of the 22nd Psalm is a psalm of victory. Mm -hmm. And so by saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? He was kind of given a tip. Look, I know this looks bad right now, but I'm looking forward for what's to come. And so in the midst of the wounds of ministry, one of the best ways to survive and make sure healing flows from our wounds is to make sure that we're not just focused on what's happening to us in the moment. But that we're saying, God, I know you have a promise. I know you're the God of promise. And I know you've called me. And I'm going to keep my eyes on what's to come, not on what I'm going through right now. And it's in that context that I think the Lord begins to bring this kind of healing. So honesty, grieving, submit to the Father's will, forgive before your wound is asked, and keep an eye on what is to come, not just on what you're going through. Now, here's the deal. Most of you are relatively young in ministry, but I can guarantee you, you've already been wounded. And already at this point, the temptation is to let bitterness and cynicism and anger and revenge to flow, but it doesn't have to be that way. So as we go to the Lord's table, I want you to bow with me. I want you to let the Holy Spirit kind of remind you of some wounds, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to infuse us with what we see in the suffering servant so that... What flows from our wounds is healing, not the other stuff. So Holy Spirit, would you now, in this moment, remind us of some of those hurts. Remind us of some of those wounds. Lord, most of us have not borne the physical wounds of the ministry. But many of us have borne, if not all of us have borne, the emotional wounds. The rejection, the abandonment, the loneliness, the betrayal, the slander. The malicious gossip. The divisiveness. And Lord, for some, it's almost been enough to make us give up. But Jesus, we won't give up. Instead, we ask tonight that you would take what the enemy meant for evil. And even what sometimes people in the church meant for evil. And redeem it. And Lord, we want our wounds to flow with healing. So right now, we renounce revenge, and bitterness, and anger, and slander. Now it's not who we are. We want to flow with the healing that flows from your words, Lord. And as we pre- prepare for the Lord's Supper now, I ask that you would, in this moment, begin <coughs> to infuse us with a vision for what is to come and not just what we're going through.